Welcome. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to those of you who are here. We see a lot of uh, new or, or returning faces. Good to have you here with us. Welcome to those of you who are on Zoom right now. Glad you could join us for this portion. Let's, let's start our service with prayer. Lord, we step into a moment in which you have already been at work. We step into a place here and a group of people among whom you have been at work. We step into a worship service where we have been worshiping you and continue to do so. As Sarah reminded us earlier, this worship service is, is the next scheduled one as they go around the globe right now with church after church, telling Jesus how awesome he is, celebrating that the Spirit is present, and giving all glory to the Father. And we want to do our part really well this morning. So we pause first to say, we love you, Lord. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. His greatness is unfathomable. One generation shall declare your works to another and tell of your marvelous deeds. You are incredible, Lord. There are testimonies in this room of the ways that you have been at work this week. We're about to share another testimony of the way that you've been at work. And I claim that scripture in Revelation 19 that says when Jesus does something and you share it with others, it becomes an opportunity for someone else to grab onto and say, you'll do that for me too. We want to be those kinds of people, Lord. We want to be people who celebrate what you are doing and respond well, not hold you or your work at a distance. We don't want to celebrate what's happening just over there. We want to invite you to do it right here. So, Lord, we give you the keys. We ask that you move and sensitize us to your movement. We ask that you speak and sensitize us to your voice. We ask that you be at work and that you would show us in how to participate with you. Because why should it be business as usual? See, I am doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? Do it again here, Lord. We love you. As your word is opened, may it come alive. May your spirit apply it right to the points in our life where you have been identifying that you want to work. As we talked about a number of weeks ago, May we not open our gates, but keep our doors closed. So this morning, may we open up every gate and open up every door that the King of Glory may come in. Who is this King of Glory? It's Jesus. And we love him. So thank you, Lord. This time is yours. And we are yours. We praise you. In Jesus' name. Amen. We do have kids in the service. As always, Unity's quite comfortable with kid noise. So if your kids are running around or go get coloring stuff, there's coloring stuff back in the foyer. Please feel free. And I don't want to hear anyone going, shh, okay, to your kids, because we're used to that. Like we're used to kids, kid noise, okay? So 
feel free. We're glad kids are with us in the service. It's all good. It's all good. Example. It's all good. Okay. Um, secondly, if you're here today for the first time or you haven't been tracking with us regularly, um, God's been at work, and what we've been sharing lately are stories of how God's been at work. So in particular, if you weren't here with us last week, today is very much a continuation of last week. We, we shared a number of stories of the ways that God has been at work among us, bringing different forms of healing, bringing renewal to people's lives. And we're going to share more about that this morning. We're going to see it uh, in testimony. We're going to hear it in a testimony. We're going to see it in scripture. We're going to call us to it. God's going to call us to it as well. So if this feels a little weird to you, or this seems like, uh, I didn't realize this is, you know, just not another average Sunday. Well, we, we let God do what he wants to do. Okay. Um, that, that's part of, that's part of our submission to his lordship to say, you are the king. So I, I, I release you of my expectations and I come in under yours. Um, today, we're going to start by sharing, um, Noah's going to come up in a few minutes and share uh, his uh, DTS experience as he was with YWAM for the last six months. And so he put together a five-minute video to share with us. Um, so we're going to uh, mirror it over Zoom. We're going to play it here now. And you're just going to see photo after photo of um, where, where Noah was at and some of the things that were happening there. And then he's going to come and fill us in on exactly, you know, what was happening there when I saw people in the water and, you know, um, wh what were these crowds doing and, and what were you learning there at that school and that kind of thing. And we're going to hear in more detail about that. So uh, we're going to play this video and then Noah's going to come up afterwards. We're going to continue the conversation. Noah, why don't you come on up? Thanks for putting that together. Welcome back. Thank you. It's good to be back. So what was it just over six months ago, right, that you and I sat up here and you told us a little bit about what you were going to be doing? Yeah. And we baptized you like that. I think it was the same day that you, you, sh you showed up here and you said, here's where I'm going. And um, so we baptized you. And then you get on a plane and you head to Kona, right? Mm -hmm. And then within maybe, I don't know, three or four weeks, you send us this, this message that we played here, this video, and people could tell that there was already something that had happened. So mm -hmm. tell us about what happened. Yeah. So um, right away, um, like Kona was just so much different than anything I'd ever really experienced. Um, yeah, we uh, we would have our, our lectures every day. So we'd have a different speaker come in and speak about um, a different topic. So the first week was about Jesus, and the second week was about hearing God's voice. Um, and yeah, those really, uh, really two important weeks um, right at the beginning, um, especially like hearing God's voice, just um, our speaker was really good and gave us really good practicals about um, how to go about it and the different ways that we could do that. Um, and then the third week was, was Holy spirit week. And this, I probably, I sent the video probably after, right after this week. Um, and this is when we got into a lot of um, prophecy things with each other um, amongst like me and my classmates. Um, Can we pause for one second, yes. just to make sure we define prophecy in a way that everyone will understand. Okay. Prophecy sounds mystical. Prophecy is nothing more than learning to hear the voice of God, and then as he leads you, share it, right? There's nothing mystical, mm -hmm. okay? Everyone can do it. Yes. Please continue. Um, yeah, so um, we would do um, different exercises um, with each other um, where we would either partner up or um, you would know who your partner is, but you have a partner with you. Um, and you would just pray and ask God um, what he wants to reveal to them, what he wants uh, to say to this person. And, yeah, there's a lot of um, great experiences I had with that. Um, one in particular, um, this was in like a morning um, where our speaker, she was baptizing people in the Holy Spirit. 
And I just went around and uh, was praying for people in our class. Um, and there's this one girl who was alone. So I just prayed and I asked God, like, like, what do you love about her um, that I can tell her to encourage her? Um, and so it just came up that like, oh, she loves the vulnerable, like um, children and, you know, people who are vulnerable, right? Um, so I went up and told her this, I had no idea, you know, what it was actually going to mean to her. Um, and she was just like, thank you. And gave me a hug and then never told me what it meant. And then she didn't end up going on outreach, um, with the team like we did, um, because she went back home to Denmark, um, to work with the children's ministry back home. And she found out like about this ministry, like the day before I told her this, uh, prophecy basically. So it was amazing. Like just being able to see like, wow, I, uh, my obedience kind of just led directly into that, into her working with that. So she heard something from the Lord and, and just circumstances lining up before she talked to you. Yeah. And then you prayed over her without knowing any of that heard from the Lord something about the vulnerable and children mm-hmm. and said, I think this is what the Lord um, maybe is saying to you. Yeah. And it lined up with something else in her life. Yeah. So God exactly. used you to confirm how he wanted to be at work in someone's life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, like, that's pretty cool, right? Okay. Well done. Mm-hmm. Carry on, please. Yeah. Um, it's just really like for me, um, like the biggest thing that would stop me from doing that is just fear of man and just being scared of, you know, instead of giving a prophetic word, giving a pathetic word and people are <laughs> going to look at you funny if you say something that makes no sense to them. Um, but just, yeah, being able to trust that, um, like God's going to give you grace, um, even no matter how bad you mess up hearing you just got to practice and that's what i really learned um from that week is just that anyone can do it like i was just thrown into it and i was able to to do something meaningful Mm -hmm. i love that i love that noah the way that you put that that i've we've been talking a lot about hearing god's voice in the last little while and as, as people have had conversations with me they're like i'm not sure if I'm hearing God's voice, one of my responses to them is that the only way you're going to learn to recognize it is by practicing it. And you get things right and you get things wrong. But the way that you you know that is by getting it confirmed, right? But if you never enter into that practice process, you'll never learn to recognize. Well done. That's cool. So that was Kona, right? It was focused on, on biblical studies and um but then practicing what you're learning as well and practicing with other people learning to hear the voice of the god voice of god learning to share it with others mm-hmm. and then from there they send you all the way to africa yeah were there other highlights from kona before we get to africa i don't want to miss anything yeah okay. um i guess another story so we were um uh, at the beach on the weekend um and so i was there with me and then a few of my buddies um from Kona and uh the one guy just like the waves were pretty high and he just kind of got rocked by one and slammed his shoulder into the sand um so that was hurting uh hurting him and then he fell like he went to bed that night um woke up the next morning it was still hurting um and we would have Monday night worship um every night um that was always amazing time the worship was always so good and you'd always get so much from it um so as it was going on, um, like I, he, I was standing with him and I was just like, okay, I'm just going to pray like that your shoulder gets healed. So I prayed and I asked him like, how's it feel? He's like, yeah, it's still the same. So I was like, okay, we're just going to pray again. And I asked him after and he's like, yeah, no, it's still the same. I'm like, okay, can I go again? Prayed again. He's like, I mean, maybe it feels a little bit better. I don't even know. And I was like, okay, I'm going to pray one more time and then we'll see. So I prayed, and then after that, he was just like, yeah, I don't know. It's not really healed right now. And so I was like, okay, well, I, I tried at least. Um, but then he woke up uh, the next morning on Tuesday, and he was like, like my shoulder's like perfectly fine. And I think you're the one who healed it. And I was like, whoa, okay. Like, that's pretty amazing. I had, 
never even thought I could heal anyone ever. But yeah, no, it was just amazing that uh, it worked out like that. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. We've seen that happen here a number of times. I mean, I, sh- I shared with it last week. I shared about that last week. But what was it that made you think, I got to keep praying, even when you didn't see any change? Um, we had, uh, like, our speaker for Holy Spirit Week. Um, she uh, talked a lot about healing and what that looked like for her, um, wherever she was at. Um, and she just said, yeah, like, I just, like, keep praying like numerous times because um just because it doesn't mean it doesn't work the first time doesn't mean it's not going to work uh after you keep praying i mean there's no real hurt in keep praying to god right so i think it's always uh yeah it's good to to just keep zoning in on that and especially because a lot of the times we saw in cameroon where we get like partial hearing healing after one prayer and you got to keep going through it, and then you see the full healing people. Wow, I I've told people as I've been praying in that way that um, you know there's that one story where Jesus touches a blind man, and then he says, "What do you see?" And he says, "Well, I I see people, but they look like trees walking. Like it's really blurry still." And so Jesus touches him a second time, and so I've shared that story with people and said, "I'm not yet operating at Jesus level, so this might take ten times, but we're going to keep going here." So well done, good for you. So any other highlights from, from Kona before we move on to Africa? Um, I just one thing, like I almost had like, I guess like an inner healing experience. I didn't really know exactly what to call it then. Um, but we were talking a lot just like about um, like physical appearance. And that was something that I kind of like struggled with a little bit um, during like my high school years. Um, and like, two of the biggest things were my height and my hair. Like I always wore a hat cause I just did not like the way my hair looked. Um, and so I had one of the staff from Kona and he prayed, uh, like a prayer with me. And yeah, just ever since then, like I don't really care about my height and you can see my hair. So I've, uh, that was big for me that like, I just, trust that god made me um who he made me and i don't have to yeah look for validation in any other ways you could pray for me after because you're taller than i (laughs) have better hair Uh, (laughs) that's great i mean and that's what we shared about here last week right that that the the inner healing that can happen when when you meet with jesus and and someone leads you through a prayer where they where together you identify what it is that that god's touching down on right now in your life and here, here's where I want to bring a measure of fullness and wholeness that you haven't had before. So that's very, very cool. All right. Take us to Africa. Yeah. Well, um, we're told going in that we'd be working uh, mostly with the Africa Cup of Nations, which is the, the soccer tournament that was being hosted by Cameroon. Um, we did not at all work any sort of way we watched like a game on tv once minus on the video but that was it um and we were in two different cities um one was called cribby that's where we were first and it was right on the coast um and it was a really like pretty small like there'd be it wasn't like in the middle of nowhere villages but um people who are more isolated from more modern things um And so a lot of our ministry there was just um, beach evangelism and prayer walks. Um, So we would go out um, the very first day we did beach evangelism. There's around like our, our group, our team was eight people. And then we had uh, around four who were from Cameroon and they had to translate for us because the English is not really existent much in Cameroon, especially in the small places. Um, so we had to have translators. Um, and so we went out that first day and came back and six people had given their lives the very first day. It was just amazing. Um, <laughs> like, wow. Um, yeah, it was just, and then the next day, you know, I got to lead, um, a guy in a prayer in accepting Christ. And it's just like, like, I'm just like crying after cause I'm like, this is like the most amazing thing that could um ever happen right is someone 
committing themselves um, to Christ. Um, and then, yeah, the other thing, the prayer walks, um, we would go out one team early in the morning, like 5 a.m. would go out and walk. Um, and then a team would go in the evening as well. And the morning team would usually just um, just be walking. Like they wouldn't really encounter people because people aren't really out that early. But the evening team, which I was a part of, um, we'd walk out and then we would see, like, encounter people and talk with them. Um, and it was amazing. Like, uh, one of the first guy that we talked to when we were doing it, um, he was a Christian guy. 70% of Cameroon was Christian. So that was one of actually the problems of beach evangelism is most of the people you're talking to are already Christian. Um, but this guy was Christian already. And so we were just, like, praying, like, the Holy Spirit would fill this guy up. And then he just started speaking in tongues. And we were just like, oh, okay, that worked pretty well. Um, and then... Had that not been part of his life before? No, not oh. at all. Like, he, he was Christian, but he hadn't really had that... Um, yeah, it hadn't been filled with the, the Holy Spirit like well, that before. Okay. Um, and so then on that same walk... Um, we found like a, a dad with his little girl um, and the dad out of one eye couldn't really see like he had to keep blinking in order to see. Um, so uh, we just prayed for him, prayed for healing and his eye was restored. Um, and so he immediately like his he was like, okay, like guys, like come pray for my daughter, come pray for like the whole family because like I just got healed. So I want like everyone in my family to be. And so his daughter, I don't know what she had, but, um, like her, she couldn't stand up straight. She could hardly walk. Um, and so we, we spent a lot of time praying for her, um, that she would be healed. Um, and yeah, the hardest thing, like, uh, like we were able to heal her, but she was so scared because she had lived her whole life like this, that she didn't want, like, she didn't believe she was actually healed. Um, so we had to probably spend more time praying that just like the fear, uh, that she had in her heart would be gone and that she'd be, um, that she'd be able to, to walk and know that she was healed. Um, yeah, that was the hardest part with that. And then in the second city we were at, uh, Yaoundé, which is the capital of Cameroon, um, was very different is like a big city. Um, so we, our ministry was pretty much completely different again um where we would just go into like churches um and we had uh our dts so our team of eight and then there was teams from paris as well and then um two other teams from kona and one of the teams from kona was a performing arts so you saw videos of them dancing in the churches so that's basically what we would do we would go into a church um uh, they would perform, someone would share like a testimony, and then we would have time just praying for everyone. Um, and so, yeah, there's some stories from that too. Like we were in uh, the biggest church that we went to. It was like five different churches all came into this one building for this. And there's probably like, I want to say like 300 people in there. Um, and so we were praying um, for them and yeah, this one girl, she couldn't hear out of her left ear for 12 years, and she got healed from that. Um, and, yeah, but it was crazy. Like, the there's so much uh, spirituality in Cameroon um, that's really, like, negative. Like, uh, a lot of witchcraft, people will go to witch doctors if, you know, they're infertile or whatever it is. Even if you're Christian, it's still, like, so ingrained in the culture. So we would have like worship sessions and like demons are manifesting out of these people. People are throwing up or uh, like violently shaking. Um, there was one girl, uh, the staff on our team, um, she was like walking around looking for people to pray for. And there was like someone like tying like a noose around their neck as like this worship was going on. It was just like so hard to see like, and we weren't really trained in casting out demons. So it was just, we were just like, you know, doing our best, praying that God would give us grace and that we'd be able to, to resolve it. It sounds a lot like Jesus' ministry, right? Like if you just flip through the pages of the Gospels in your mind and pick any one, right? 
it, it's casting out demons, healing people, and beach evangelism, right? And that's what you were doing. Um, you're seeing people get saved. You're seeing people get set free. You're seeing healings. Like we, we're hearing from someone who's living the New Testament here, guys. Like this is the New Testament, right? I'm pretty sure it doesn't only happen in Africa. That's very cool. So from Africa, you then go to San Francisco. Do you have anything else to share about Africa before we transition to San Francisco? Okay, so from Cameroon, you, you, transfer, um, you transition now to San Francisco, which is a very different type of ministry, right? So tell us a little bit about what you were doing there. Yeah, so San Francisco, again, we were told we'd be working a lot with the Chinese church. Um, didn't really. It was on Sundays we did, but the rest of the week we were not with them at all. Um, so we were staying at the YWAM base in San Francisco, uh, which is in the middle of the Tenderloin, which is basically San Francisco's homeless district. I think there's like 8,000 homeless people in San Francisco and 4,000 of them live in the Tenderloin. Um, so yeah, where we're staying, like there's people on the streets everywhere, right outside the base, across the street. Like you can't walk anywhere um, without seeing these people. Um, so our ministry would be, we would invite them in Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, um, and they would get showers at the base. So we would provide, and then we'd also give them clothes or, you know, toothbrushes, whatever they wanted for that. Um, and so, yeah, there's a, you'd be able to just like sit down and just listen. That was the, probably the biggest thing that, um, all these guys wanted was just like someone to, to talk to because, you know, they're kind of just isolated. Most of them don't know their families anymore or they're all gone. So these people, they really don't have anyone and they don't really trust um, the people on the street because they're always wanting something out of it. Um, so just being there and listening to them really, really made a good impact on them. And yeah, just having those good conversations um, was really good. Um, and then we would also go out Monday, Wednesday, and Friday nights um, and do hot chocolate ministry. So we just walk out um, with hot chocolate and cups and go around handing them out to these people. Um, and yeah, there's amazing conversations. Um, I remember uh, we were talking with this one guy. Uh, his name is Nas. Um, he was actually, we watched the Super Bowl outside with him. Um, and so we were giving him his hot chocolate. Um, and yeah, it was really funny. Uh, so we were just like talking to him and cause like they're sitting down, um, on the pavement, uh, like you squat down, right. So you're on the same level as them. Um, and this guy was just like walking by with like a bag of groceries or something, just like knocked me in the head. And so he looked at the guy and he was like trying to fight him and we're like, no, 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 it's okay. Like, you don't gotta worry. You can just forgive him. Um, <laughs> so he's really protective of us. Um, but yeah, no, we were just talking to him about, um, you know, different people in the Bible, uh, like Peter, Paul. Um, and he was asking us questions about um, these guys. And uh, yeah, we were able to talk with him about it. Um, and yeah, he gave like a really good analogy, um, just saying like with addiction um, that like God keeps giving him, like he's driving on the highway and God keeps giving him exits and he keeps just missing him. But there's always another exit that he can take. Um, which is just like amazing. Um, but yeah, just being like on the, on the streets, like really mess with my perspective of what Christianity and Christians are like, there'd be people, um, like sitting there telling you like, yeah, like I love God. I pray every day, but they have like a crack pipe in their hand. And you're like, like, what is this guy talking about? Like, you're clearly not living that, but just like being able to, yeah, it's like just so different. Like it's an entirely different culture of Christianity um, there compared to to here and to to Africa. Um, and yeah, so we did also on Sundays we would go to the Chinese church. So we did work with them just like a little bit. Um, so we worked with the youth group there, um, and we uh, would each have a topic. And we would basically just preach a sermon to to these kids. Um, and that was really good because we were able to to go back week after week um, and connect with them and, like, 
talk with them, uh, like give them challenges, like uh, whether like share the gospel with someone or or talk with someone um, like from a different culture about uh, what it's like uh, for them. Um, And so we would do food pantry right after church um, at the church. Uh, They would, we'd just be handing out like food to people. Um, And there's this one conversation I got to have with one of the kids in our youth group uh, that we were preaching to. And yeah, he was just asking like, biggest questions like why does god create um people if he knows they're going to hell and i'm just like boy i i don't know how to answer this one (laughs) but i was able to to do my best and like try and uh give my best uh answer to him but it was just really uh like i was really impressed with him just because you know a lot of kids probably that are there are just there because their parents are bringing them there and their faith isn't their own. They're just like blindly following. So the fact that he was actually like questioning things and thinking about his faith was really, really cool to see. Um, Cause he was only like 15. Um, but he really was like wondering like, like why these huge questions, right? Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> you, you pulled together two other, um, I think main things about Jesus. And right there in that portion of the ministry section, and it is his his deep um, identification and love for for the people who are on the margins, and the way that he welcomed kids. Right? Ha- have you seen the ministry of Jesus come alive in a? I I want to say kid, but he is a young man. You're still in your teens, though, right? You're 19, hanging on to the teens. And we sent this this young guy out pretty, um, no, it was pretty quiet, right? Pretty reticent. Used to be. That's right. Have you noticed the difference? Because he started living the ministry of Jesus. Yeah. Thanks be to God. You got some of you've known Noah a lot longer than I have. There's a big change here, right? Noah, how would you describe um, briefly what's changed for you the most? Um, I think the biggest thing is just like um, joyful joyfulness um, that I've gotten, like. I really, I mean, living in the hardest circumstances where you don't have water and you don't have power, and there's no Wi-Fi, like it's, <laughs> it's not easy. Um, but still being able to, to be joyful in those times, because even though your living situation sucks and you're eating rice and beans every single day, um, you're able to see such fulfillment from uh, all the ministry that we're doing. Um, and that just gave me such joy. Like I, yeah, there's nothing I can really even describe like just how it feels to, to see people come to the Lord, um, to see, yeah, people who maybe are pretty reserved Christians, just like um, come out and be like, surrendering fully to God um, when they've never done so before is just, yeah, that's probably the biggest thing is like, I just see everything kind of with a more joyful take than I did before. Mm -hmm. Joy is a fruit of the spirit, right? It is the byproduct of something that happened, right? And you, you got baptized you went and you had a powerful encounter with the spirit. You started trusting Jesus and living what he, the life that he calls us all to. You learned to hear his voice and then things snowballed, right? And the, what's the result? The smile on this guy's face, right? Joy. What's, okay, so that's what the biggest change for you. What is what is your message for your church? Um, 
I think, yeah, just be be obedient um, with prophecy. I think um, it's obviously hard just going up to a stranger or someone that you don't know super well. Um, and I, cause I know I did it and it's really, it's not an easy thing to do. Um, but being able to speak life into people and like seeing, so, okay. So yesterday, um, I was at like a youth, uh, worship conference. Um, Annika was there. Um, but we, uh, we were doing like a, a class on hearing God's voice. Um, and yeah, we just had a, like a time for like, okay, you want to get like a feeling for someone else. Um, so I was praying. Um, I got this one guy, he's in grade 12. Um, and I don't know him super well. I just kind of like know his name basically. Um, but I was just like, yeah, okay. This is like, God sees him as like humble and meek and he doesn't need his opinions validated because he trusts, um, in God's judgment of him. Um, and so I just like told him this and he just like, he hugged me and I was like, like, I don't know, teenage boys aren't usually huggers of other men. Um, so, um, (coughs) so, um, you know, I go out, I play hockey and then I come back to the thing and then, you know, he just comes up and tells me, he's just like, like, yeah, like these past few months, I've really been working on just like, um, letting God kind of almost like shut me up so that like, I don't need to talk with other people about this. Um, about, yeah, just like what I think about, you know, political things or whatever it is. Um, because yeah, he's like, I just can trust that, um, my knowledge of scripture is, is correct. And that, yeah, I don't need to have everything, uh, validated by other people. So just like seeing that I'm like, is like amazing that I was able to really, encourage him in this thing that I had no idea he was doing. I just like heard from God, like, okay, this is, uh, what, what God loves about him. Um, I think that's just so big because I had it a lot in Kona done to me as well, where people are saying things about my character and who I am that they obviously would have no idea because they don't know me. Um, and it's just the most like amazing thing. Like if you, um, are affirming, uh, someone's character, you're getting your character affirmed. Um, like it's just, it doesn't happen very often, um, in powerful ways like that. So I think that's probably, yeah, my message is just like, if you're obedient in that, like you're going to get fulfillment and you're going to mess up prophecies. Like I had my fair share where just did not hit with the person at all. Um, they just were like, yeah, it's not really something I'm looking at. And I'm like, okay, well I tried. Um, so yeah, just being able to, to really, uh, trust, um, yeah, just believe what God is saying to you. Wow. So I only sent Noah questions. I had no idea he was going to say be obedient with prophecy. Um, that, that word obedient is a really that's a heavy word when you, when you say that, be obedient with prophecy. But it, it is actually a command that we are to pursue prophecy, right? It, 1 Corinthians 14. Pursue love and strive for the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. I'd like, uh, prophesy. I would like all of you to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy, verse 5. So when you say be obedient in prophecy, you're not saying something different than scripture. What you're simply doing is paraphrasing what scripture is saying and saying, I think this is what God's saying to this church at this moment, which is in fact a prophecy in and of itself. Um, one that lands. Well done. Um, I hadn't told you I was going to do this. I want you to read a scripture for me. Right? So verses 18 just verses 18 to 19. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind 
and to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Right here. Because of Thanks be to God. We give him a round of applause. And- Noah wants to know if anyone has a question. Um, I think really um, one of the things was just like how willing I was um, to surrender um, to God. Like during worship nights, um, at the beginning, I was just kind of like hanging out in the back, not really doing anything. Um, but then like towards the middle and the end, like I was really full on hands up jumping. Um, I like never in a million years, would I would have thought I'd be dancing for God, but I ended up doing it. I think that was a really big surprise for me. And it carried on to Cameroon too. Cause after every church service, everyone's dancing, um, so you're going to look a little bit foolish if you're kind of just standing around. So you got to get in uh, into that with them. Good question. Yeah, Letta. Um, basically, I have two options uh, right now that I've got. Um, and that's either to just uh, start going to RDC this fall um, to get my degree for Bachelor of Education. Um, or go back with YWAM and staff, um, either in like Kona or Montana. Um, so we'll see. I'm not a hundred percent certain on either one yet, but those are the, the two options I have. Anyone online that wants to unmute and ask a question? Um, the hardest thing for me is like, is I miss like the people a lot, like, uh, cause it's, we're all having the same like experience of growth, um, at the same time and we're all living together. So I was able to connect with like everyone so easily. Um, and it was just so nice being in like, basically just like a Christian bubble for six months where, there's no influence from the outside world and you're just able to focus on God. Um, and coming back has been, um, not as hard as I would have thought it would, it was, um, just because I've been able to get involved in, you know, a lot of different things, whether it be like, uh, Thursday prayer or Monday night prayer with my dad or helping out with, uh, youth group at Deer Park. Um, I just been, staying keeping that uh like everyday ministry type experience and yeah that's really helped me so that i'm not falling back into you know who i was before right um i really feel like i'm not really called to to long-term missions um like i just uh, one of the hardest things is just missing like Christmas and and my birthday and like spending time with my family. Um, it was really hard. Um, so I think like short term missions is is where I want to be. So whether it be like two weeks to a month. Um, but yeah, I would love to go again sometime soon. Um, yeah, but for now, I. I think I need at least another few months before I'm <laughs> ready to go. It sounds like God was using you yesterday where he put you, yeah. right? Yeah. Someone in Cameroon, um, one of the guys from Cameroon, we were asking him, like, like which country like, do you want to go to? Um, and he was just like, like, God placed me in Cameroon. I've lived here my whole life. 
Like, I don't really want to go anywhere else. And I was thinking like, wow, like I've been going to the same church, been in the same city my whole life. I think God's put me here for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. Well done. Thanks, Noah. Why don't you have a seat? Give him a round of applause and say, well done. Thank you, Jesus. Give me 10 minutes. Because our scripture lines up perfectly with what you have just heard. Okay? The, the very argument of Galatians hinges on these verses. Everything in the entire book turns on these verses, and these verses have been pictured for you right here. The only thing I want to learn from you is this. Did you receive the Spirit by doing the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Did you receive the Spirit? Are you so foolish having started with the Spirit? Are you now going to end in your own effort? And then he asks him this. Did you experience so much in vain? He is assuming that these people have had a powerful and ongoing experience of the Holy Spirit. He's not about to debate a theory with them. He is about to remind them of what God has been doing among them. Just like this. And in case that's not clear, look at verse 5. Does God supply you with the Spirit and work miracles among you by doing your works of the law or by believing what you heard. We need to change our expectations from we show up on Sunday morning to get a better theory that we, than we had before. It's not about a theory. It's about God doing powerful things among us. And you don't have to go to Africa to get that. You could go to Deer Park Alliance and help out with their youth group if you learn to listen to the voice of God. We have to change our level of expectations to the level that the New Testament writers believed was the appropriate level of expectations for God speaking and his ongoing powerful involvement among us. It's not about coming to memorize better theories and get your facts in order. Paul does not appeal to their theories and their facts. He appeals to this very thing that we just heard. And it's available to all of us. The question is, do you want more? If you want more, we have to raise our level of expectation to the level that Scripture has for what God wants to do among us. That is the message of Galatians in a nutshell. And I didn't even need to take 10 minutes. I was in a conversation this past week with a a couple of ABA pastors, five or six ABA pastors, and I was sharing with them uh, the things that God's been doing among us, healing people. There's been prophecy. People have been learning to hear God's voice. We've seen deliverances. We have seen people come alive in Jesus. And I was sharing with them, and, and some of them were saying, you know what, we've seen little, little bits of that here and there in our churches as well. Maybe not to the same concentration that you're currently seeing it, but, but we are seeing it. Um, but you know what they said? It all starts with the voice of God, which is what was so important about what Noah just said. It starts with the voice of God, because you can't respond and flow with what God is doing if you don't first hear his voice. You have to come in touch with that. So if you want to learn to hear God's voice, Noah's going to pray for you after, right? We will pray for you after. Come up to the front if you want to learn to hear God's voice. It starts with hearing God's voice. If you want him to see and work, if you want to see the things that you have just heard here in your own life, it starts by learning to hear the voice of God. You know, there, there's a saying in among evangelical churches that God has no grandchildren. Right? You heard this before? It, it, God has no grandchildren is a way of saying 
You don't get into heaven based on your parents' faith. God only has children. God has no grandchildren, right? That same principle applies to what we read in Scripture and what we heard here. You don't get to ride on someone else's experience. You don't get to ride on the the experience of what you read in Scripture. What we read in Scripture is what calls us forward to say, I'm making that mine because I hear God's voice in that and I want to respond in the ways that he wants me to respond. I want to allow him to work in my life in those same ways and I will do whatever it takes. So we are going to sing and the people who want to hear God's voice, the people who say, I'm in, I want more, come forward and we will start praying for you. Okay? Let me pray as Sarah comes up. Lord, I thank you for what you are doing here among us. I thank you that you are speaking and people are responding. I thank you so much for what we have heard in Noah, but I claim it for myself. I claim it for my kids. I claim it for my church. I claim it for Red Deer, that we would see you move in those ways here. So do whatever it is that you have to do in me and in us so that we allow you the freedom to move as you want so that Paul could actually make that argument to us. Have you experienced so much for nothing? Lord, I want that. I want that for us, that we would know that we know that we know that we are interacting with you right now that there is a two-way exchange that's happening, that there are things that you want to do in our life that are only possible as we learn to hear your voice and respond to it. Lord, make us a people who respond to your voice. In Jesus' name, amen.